and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where we're calling Shotgun. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. Hey, Sadie, did you pick up the road trip snacks? Yep, I've got a case of White Claw and four pounds of Sour Catch Kids. Perfect. Let's hit the road. So we're all going to die, possibly from ghosts, possibly from sugar poisoning. Speaking of cold opens, neither of you mentioned the cold open from the Steed Bonnet episode. I've forgotten what we did for the cold open for the Steed Bonnet episode. I've forgotten what I listened to for the Steed Bonnet episode. No, I when I had cannon fire, I, I went to go put that... Uh, Sound sound effect in, and I was oh, like, right. this isn't dramatic enough, so I juiced it a little. <laughs> um, anyway, welcome to Afternoonified. We have three hosts now. Yes. Um, we're doing a haunted road trip this week, so we invited Sadie, because Sadie, of course, is our road trip partner. Uh, this is literally, like... Frequently haunted? The bare minimum... <laughs> that, too. And say, this is the bare minimum excuse to get Sadie into an episode... <laughs> You guys really don't have to do that much to get me. We planned a road trip with Sadie once. Yeah, I was like, we're doing a road trip episode. Sadie will come on our next road trip. We had to have Sadie on the episode. So here's Sadie. Everybody say hello. I'm here. We will get to stay in that haunted B&B some, someday. Um, so our we could do this itinerary that have all mapped out for us. So today we're talking about haunted cities. Uh, we are embarking on a cross-country road trip to visit eight of the most haunted cities in America, as agreed on by most online listicles that I could find. <laughs> They're actually very consistent. Oh, good. You cross-referenced. I was... I cross-referenced a couple of them, and they're all, they all generally agree on the same, like, 10, 11 cities. Uh, so I picked eight of them because I didn't want to do any more than that, and now we're going to go on a road trip. How much time do I have to book off for this? <laughs> Um, possibly about a month. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, this is somewhat related, but I was thinking about Sarah the entire time. Um, in episode two of the new season of Umbrella Academy, <laughs> Five and Klaus go on a road trip, and they stop and see the world's largest ball of twine. Yes. Um, the one in Darwin? No. See, the issue <gasps> that I loudly told Travis about through most of the scene was that they were going from New York to Pennsylvania, so there is no way that they could have been seeing the large. They couldn't even wine. see the one in Kansas either. Because this is the issue with that with that show. This is this, this is, is the issue. This is lazy writing is what it is. I don't know. I've never seen Umbrella Academy. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh highly recommend. But um I was disappointed in the lack of research that they put into that. <laughs> The lack of research they put into their fantasy show? Well, I was exploring... It's more sci-fi. Anyways, I was exploring um, ideas for the mini that you guys will hear after this episode. And um, anything can be a roadside attraction. So there's a hair museum. Just, uh, uh, as far as I know, unpleasant. it's just one lady's hair. Oh, and I like that even less. <laughs> Absolutely not. In, that's wrong. No. I know, it gets worse the more specific. Um, so ghosts, ghosts are better than hair. Ghosts are much better than hair. Sorry, I'm going to be coughing this entire episode. I apologize to our listeners. Just dying of consumption. That's why yes, we that's literally trip. what it feels like. Yeah, it's, it's the final road trip before I die. 
Gotta check all these places off my bucket list. Sarah does not have COVID, though. No, no. I took another test today. It is definitely negative. So it's like just random bronchitis. My immune system is amazing at fighting COVID-19. So much so that it has dropped the ball on all other diseases because I've been (laughs) sick like four times in the last three months. It's a coordinated attack. They're drawing the the antibodies away from certain places. Yes. (laughs) So like I said, I've mapped out this whole itinerary. It does involve you and Sadie flying to meet me in St. Paul, since I'm assuming we're taking my car. You're the only one of us that owns a car. Yes, and I also assume I'm the one driving the whole time. So I can drive. I just don't want to pay a hundred bucks to park a car at my home. <sighs> what a convenient excuse, says the <laughs> one who absolutely cannot drive. <clears throat> you don't even have a license. I'm going to go at the end of the month. I'm so proud of you. And get your so- license? I didn't know that. That's exciting. Get the first part of my license because it's graduated. Very cool. The top half or the bottom half? The, the learner's permit half. <laughs> that is the daddest of dad jokes it really is (sighs) you've been uh hanging around travis too long and i know travis is not a dad but he's just very good at dad jokes he might as well be for all of the stuff he does for these cats it's it's really lovely that we are also replicating the road trip banter that i assume that we 100 percent sometime someday be embarking on so so we're starting in saint paul are we going to the House on the Rock? I got to get us on the rock. We are actually going on to the House on the Rock. I add that it added that into my itinerary to account for the time. Uh, it is going to take us an extra like out two hours to get to Chicago because we got to go a little out of the way. But I know you want to see House on the Rock, and it was on the way. I so, need to see that whale, like big fucking whale, because it haunts my, my dreams. And I think <laughs> if I just face my fears... <laughs> My joke, and the, the, my next bullet point, which you've already um, stolen from me, is House on the Rock isn't haunted, but it does haunt my dreams. Uh, <laughs> we did a whole episode on it. Yes. Go listen to that. As an added bonus, we also get to drive through some of the prettier parts of Wisconsin, as much as me pains me to say anything positive about Wisconsin. I just assume the whole state smells like methane because of the cheese production. Generally speaking, yes, but there are some nice bits. <laughs> so... Our first stop is Chicago, uh, and between The Great Fire, Gangsters, and H.H. Holmes, of course, Chicago is apparently chock-a-block full with Midwestern ghosts. Did the ghosts at H.H. Holmes' place hang around when they turned it into a post office? I don't know. Maybe listen to the episode, Emily, and I'll tell you. It's just a hotel for mail at that point. How much would it suck to work at a post office and be haunted The by post office murder. is a hotel for mail. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to put beef in the trifle. <laughs> so ghosts, you say? In Chicago. In Chicago. So. This is why we haven't done this before. Yeah. First stop in this wonderfully windy city, uh, we'll take in a Broadway show at the James N. Nederlander Theater. Uh, they are about to debut De- The Devil Wears Prada, the musical, so our timing could not be better. I'd rather hold out for Beetlejuice. <laughs> So, while the Nederlander was only built in 1926, it occupies the same lot as the turn-of-the-century Iroquois Theater, uh, which in December 1903, during a sold-out show, uh, started on fire. And it led to the single deadliest single building fire in the history of the United States. Um, It was very bad. The basement for uh, disfigured men? Like the... It's a Phantom of the Opera joke. Well, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have lasted very long because I'm pretty sure they like bulldozed it. 
Oh, well. So. <laughs> I kind of like say all this serious stuff and I'm just like laughing and also dying. <laughs> See, so many people died and we're just laughing so hard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is very sad that all of those theater goers died. So patrons attempting to flee the growing fire had a difficult time locating the exitors, which were A, hidden behind draperies, and B, sealed shut by unfamiliar lock. This, like, was a walking fire. Well, not a walking fire. A standing fire hazard. <laughs> it was a buck wild if it was walking. They did a bad job. They did a bad job. What were the doors locked by? They, it's so, I didn't really get into it in my notes, but, like, basically, like, it was a certain kind of, like, lever lock that is really common in, like, Europe, but was not common in, like, Midwestern Chicago in 1903. So people didn't know how to get them open. The doors also opened inwards. So, like, anyone who actually could open the doors couldn't actually, or could open the lever, couldn't actually open the doors up because the crowd crush was so intense at that point that everyone was, like, pressed against the doors. It was a, it was a bad scene. So... (laughs) Many jump from their death in an escape to an attempt to escape the fire, uh, their bodies piling up in the alleyway below. All told, 602 people perished in the blaze. Yeah, it's... Like lemmings. I'm I'm skirting past a lot of the really gory, terrible details, because it's just very ghoulish. And this is supposed to be a funny episode. That wasn't ghoulish for you? Oh, oh, you... You can like go just read the Wikipedia page. It's so much worse. I imagine it's like that scene in uh, Snakes on a Plane when they were all trying to get up the stairs to the first class section. Like that guy took a stiletto through the ear, all of that kind of stuff. I'm so. sorry. Yeah. The stairs? I do not remember this movie. I- <laughs> oh, yeah. It was one of those. <laughs> I remember this from 2003. It was, yeah, one of the where the first class was like on the top and then the, the you know, the peasants were on the bottom. Um, Sarah, that movie came out in 2006. No, it did not. 2005. Sorry. I was, I was I was two years off. That's pretty good. I couldn't go see it without my dad because I was too young to buy a rated R ticket. So he had to... <laughs> Get out. Get out, you child. Get... <sighs> I wanted to see Sweeney Todd when it came out, but I wasn't old enough. So I had to buy a ticket for a National Treasure 2 and snuck into Sweeney Todd. <laughs> did you also see National Treasure 2? Oh, I'd already seen it twice. (laughs) (laughs) This all tracks. It does. I don't know what you guys want from me. Uh, So today, Couch Place, which runs behind the Nederlander Theater, is better known as Death Alley, for obvious reasons. Uh, Those who take a detour through the alley have reported screams, faint cries, cold spots, and even the sensation of hands on their shoulders, which, given the just general badness of everything that happened is it's probably pretty light honestly that's that was my favorite of del toro's new films death alley death alley you know with bradley cooper that one (laughs) it is an actual thing isn't it actually death alley it's nightmare i think it actually is nightmare same thing same nightmare death cold spots in an alley seems especially in chicago where it's historically very windy very windy Possibly. Look, we're not doing a debunking episode, Emily. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's very haunted. So many ghosts. The most ghosts ever. It's amazing. I'm going against all of my instincts, but we're not doing a debunking episode. We are just telling spooky stories. I'm sure you can let it all out during the mini. And I will never be sarcastic at any other point in this episode. So uh, from the theater, 
we are going to head north to the Lincoln Park Zoo because, you know, after Death Alley, we'll probably need to pick me up. Uh, but we do need to stop at the site of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, uh, where seven gangsters were ambushed and gunned down in 1929. In the end, Sarah, it doesn't really even matter. <clears throat> If we stop at the Lincoln Park Zoo or not. Get out. Get out right now. I'm quitting the podcast. (laughs) So the Valentine's Day Massacre. um, Yeah. So did you know, supposedly it was ordered by Al Capone himself, but we don't actually know, but probably. Uh, So the only witness (laughs) to the massacre was a doc named Highball, who howled so loudly in the hours after the shooting that he attracted the attention of the police. And it said now... What a good boy. He was a good boy. Um, It said now if you walk your dog by the lot, they'll become quite distressed. So maybe less of a good boy, because apparently he is still like haunting the place and freaking out other dogs. I'm sorry. Did you expect him to move on? (laughs) He was traumatized. Poor puppy. Uh, Lincoln Park, for what it's worth, is also haunted, probably because it used to be the city's main cemetery. Uh, so while most of the graves had been relocated by the time the Great Fire struck in 1871, uh, the blaze then destroyed whatever, you know, there were like wooden grave markers back then. Not everything was stone. Um, so, you know, they kind of burned away all the remaining grave markers and they never got around to moving the rest of the bodies. I was going to ask if they just moved the stones, but not the bodies. Like in Poltergeist? Yes, like in Poltergeist, but also, like, it sounds like they didn't do a very good job of relocating stuff. I think most people in that time period did not do, this is not on a list, but there is a park in Denver that used to be a cemetery, and basically, like, what happened was they hired an undertaker to, like, remove all the bodies, and they, like, paid him per coffin, and then he realized he could split the bodies up and charge more for more coffins. Oh, my God. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's something I know now. It's a fun story. Uh, so, yeah. So it's believed there be maybe as many as 10,000 unmarked graves beneath Lincoln Park. 10,000? 10, 10,000. Do you want to make any more Lincoln Park jokes before we move on? <laughs> 10,000? Yes. How big is the park? Very, very big. It's a pretty big park. It's just that seems like too many to have left over i mean people died a lot back then like yeah, but i mean you spread it out a little jesus but they Christ. didn't they didn't know that they were just like mm, body time were they like doing double deckers or probably mm. it is yeah like sadie said it's a very big park just burying them butt to butt yeah it was like 18 mid 1800s you died of everything Yeah, I guess it doesn't get hot enough in Chicago to do it like they do in New Orleans, where they just put you in a big stone box for a summer and then sweep your ashes down a chute. (laughs) No, you're going to stand the ground a little while when you're in Chicago. Yeah. So finally, because we are contractually obligated, we have to visit the former site of H.H. Holmes Murder Castle, which, (laughs) as Emily has already spoiled, is now a post office. I didn't spoil it now. I did an episode about H.H. Holmes's murder castle like four years ago. I don't remember four years ago. I was a whole different person four years ago. <laughs> no, I made that one historian very mad because I called him a perpetual wet blanket. <laughs> that was the before times, Emily. Oh, remember when people used to get so mad at you? <laughs> used to. Used to. <laughs> So workers at the post office claim that they've seen apparitions and even heard the sound of female voices singing softly from somewhere below the ground. R.I.P. Minnie and Nanny Williams. (laughs) 
So after a long day of ghost hunting, we can book rooms at the Congress Plaza Hotel. I have booked us, I'm pretty sure, the most expensive hotel in every city. Uh, so start saving. Uh, which, like H.H. H. Holmes's castle, was built to host visitors during the 1893 World's Fair, um, albeit slightly more legitimately. Slightly? Slightly. I mean, it was not built for murder. I can't promise no one was murdered. Everyone's, not everyone's been murdered in a hotel. Every hotel has had a murder. <laughs> Every hotel has had a murder, um, including this one, I'm sure. Um, so guests have reported blankets blankets being pulled off of them and hearing whispered conversations at the end of their beds in the middle of the night. The hotel also has a number of rooms that been, have been mysteriously sealed off, including, of course, room 666. Shocking. Bold of them to just put that in there, though. A lot of hotels skip it. Yeah, you would think. Uh, so while the whole of the 12th floor is believed to be the most haunted spot in the building, the single most spooky room is 441. Guests who've stayed there have claimed that objects inside the room moved without being touched and that lights flickered constantly throughout the night. Some have even reported seeing the silhouette of a woman and some claim that she attacked them in their bed. Uh, so is this the room you would like us to request? Or? Absolutely fucking not. Are you kidding me? Come on. I need the rates on it. Um... <laughs> I will be sleeping with the lights on. Where'd we stay when we went? Can we go there? I had to look it up. I don't think our hotel was haunted. Well, it was probably haunted. All hotels are haunted. Like we've said, all hotels have had the murder. That's the entire premise of 1408. Yeah. Okay. So I don't expect we're going to be getting a good night's sleep in Chicago. So we might as well jump into the car and get a head start to our next destination. It's a drum roll. Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> I already had this one planned. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a cop out. This seems too easy. I'm sorry. It was on all the lists, but this is why we included Sadie. If we're going to go to Salem, we're bringing Sadie with. So <laughs> Salem is, of course, if you didn't. <laughs> Salem is, of course, famous for its itch, which itch. itch wow. Salem is, of course, Famous for its witch trials, and of course, it's going to be famous for its witch trial-related hauntings. So, the spirit of Bridget Bishop, the first victim of the trials, is said to haunt the Salem Lyceum Hall, which was established in 1830 as a place for famous speakers and intellectuals like Ralph Waldo Emerson and Frederick Douglass to speak and lecture and, in the case of Alexander Graham Bell, demonstrate the new use of his new invention, the telephone. <laughs> I'm doing jazz hands. You can't see me. Audio media. <laughs> the Lyceum is now home to a fish market named Turner. So I'm sure everyone's on board for that, especially me. Yeah, especially with my my allergy. It's good. Yep. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be getting all of our meals there. Uh, and staff there have reported a fair amount of poltergeist activity, including boxes being thrown, objects flying off shelves, and the feeling of being pushed by some invisible entity. What connection Bridget Bishop has to this site is... Left unsaid, I will say, by all the websites that I visited. You know, we're going to give it to him. Sure, it's Bridget Bishop. She's haunting your fish shop. I mean, maybe, like, she wanted to haunt it when it was a performing center. Because, you know, a lot of people there, it's not up to her that they turned it into a fish market. And now she's, like, made her choice. (laughs) Yeah, that could be fair. Maybe it's like, oh, this is an interesting place to haunt. And then, yeah, then she gets stuck there and they turn it into a fish shop. I would pick the place that's, like, the most upsetting for all of the men that, like, had me <laughs> murdered. So, like, the local bar, the cigar shop, the nice bathroom at City Hall. Where can you just really fuck with all the men? 
See, yeah. this is see. I was going to like the doctor's office where they do like prostate exams, and like wait until the opportune moment to jump out. Scare the doctor because that causes the most distress for everybody. Exactly. Feels like you've given this some thought, Sadie. I I didn't. I just have had a day. It's just very specific. <laughs> Wished death about a lot of people today. I love the energy we're bringing to this episode. Our next haunted place is Sadie. <laughs> Well, speaking of death, um, Giles Corey, a farmer who was crushed to death during the trials, is said to haunt the Howard Street Cemetery where he, where he was buried in an unmarked grave. A sighting of his ghost is believed to be a bad omen. Uh, in 1914, it said that the ghostly figure of an old man was seen on cemetery grounds, and just days later, a fire swept through the town of Salem and destroyed most of it. Not his fault. He's not Mothman. <laughs> Oddly enough... The fire is believed to have been started near Gallows Hill, the site where Corey's wife Martha was hanged. It's Martha's fault. <laughs> Maybe it was Martha. Was it the curse of Giles Corey, or simply the fact that people of the early 20th century were bad at preventing fires? How would you say? I mean, it could go both ways. It could even be both things. It could. It could, in fact, be both things. You should start a rumor that the Chicago fire was started by a ghost. We don't need to have any other information, but, like, just start a whisper campaign. I like that. Let's start. The Great Chicago Fire was started by a ghost. We'll do an episode on it. A ghost. And Rice. And yep. Rice started a rumor that it was started by vampires. So, you know. Ghosts are cooler. So the convenient thing about Salem is that most of the places that were already on our itinerary are also just believed to be haunted. So we don't we don't have to go out of our way for the ghosts. I mean, the entire town is believed to be haunted. I don't want to ruin anything for anyone, but they murdered a lot of ladies who have some just like pent up energy that they need to get out. It's going to fuck with the energy of your town for sure. Yeah, there's just like a lot of bad energy in that town. Uh, so visit- visitors to Turner Ingersoll Mansion, better known as the House of the Seven Gables, have reported several apparitions, including a little boy in the attic and a woman who is thought to be a member of the Ingersoll family. Uh, the witch house as well, which was uh, which originally belonged to Judge Jonathan Corwin, is believed to be haunted by the spirits of those he sentenced to death, and many visitors have captured strange figures on film. Only on film? I don't know why I'm adopting this voice for the whole episode. <laughs> Um, I request that this is the voice you use when we are on our road trip, as you are narrating where we're going. Just doing a tour guide voice. I will, in fact, do that. Uh, so as far as accommodations go, I recommend we stay at the Hawthorne Hotel. Um, it's believed to have been built on the site of an apple orchard owned by Bridget Bishop. See, that's a real connection. Weird guests have reported smelling apples as they've roamed the halls. I was worried you were going to say smelling fish. <laughs> like she's commuting. <laughs> Oh, but I like that so much better. <laughs> Gotta go do a shift at the apple orchard. <laughs> uh, time to go back to the goddamn hotel that they built on my land. <laughs> All these fucking people here. Guests in room 6112, or 612 have spotted the apparition of a woman standing just outside their door. Uh, in room 325 is known for having faucets mysteriously turn off and on by themselves. That would be deeply annoying. Uh, some guests have even reported hearing the crying of a baby in the next room over, presumably when no such baby exists, because otherwise it sounds like assume. being in a hotel. <laughs> I heard other human beings. How dare. <laughs> oh, my God. So 
After our after we finally hit up Salem, uh, we will head south to our nation's capital, a city haunted by old white men, both living and dead. That's your entire fucking country. I <laughs> look just because every member of the Supreme Court looks like the fucking crypt keeper does not mean we don't have our shit together. <laughs> I well, that's being generous. At least the Crypt Keeper has a sense of humor. Uh, it does make sense, of course, that D.C. would be one of the most haunted cities in America, considering the number of historical events per capita. Um, so we've got a full slate of civically-minded tours ahead of us. Uh, so no trip to D.C. would be complete without a stop by the country's most famous residence, the White House, which, in fact, may be one of the most haunted homes in our nation. It is currently being haunted by an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been haunted by an old man for most of the last 200 years yes <laughs> with like one exception yeah there was an eight-year period when things were like okay and they sucked yeah. the life right out of them <laughs> yep uh so president william henry harrison who was the first president to die in the white house is believed to still haunt it as are dolly madison and abigail adams uh thomas jefferson has been heard playing his violin in the yellow room like a dork uh and john tyler and francis cleveland have both made appearances in the blue room the one thing about hamilton that pisses me off is that they made thomas jefferson my favorite character and he is the worst one really because i feel like they really like his his songs are catchy, but like they really made him kind of a dick. No, he is made? a dick, but it's David Diggs, so you know. Uh, well, not like made him a dick, but they like per- correctly portrayed him as a dick. We'll say that. I think it's just the the problem is they they had him played by David Diggs, and he can do no wrong. He is very charming. He's so charming. So. Uh, Abraham Lincoln and his wife, Mary Todd, were known to hold seances in the White House, hoping that they would be able to speak to their son, Willie, who died of typhoid during the president's first term. Uh, While they didn't actually make contact with Willie, the Lincolns claimed they did manage to get in touch with former President Andrew Jackson. And I'm assuming they they knew it was Jackson because every other word was a swear. (laughs) Wow, this ghost has used so many racial slurs, isn't it? It's Andrew. (laughs) I doubt they were using a Ouija board, but like... What I picture is, like, Abraham Lincoln sitting at a Ouija board, and the Ouija board is just repeatedly spelling out ass and shit. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait. It's speaking to us. It's speaking to us. F, U, A, B, B. Fuck off. (laughs) Coincidentally, this is also how you'll know you're speaking to me from the beyond. No, if you were speaking to us from beyond, you would do the, like, Z-A-Z-A thing to convince us that it was, like, the Ouija board demon. <laughs> Zaza? Yeah. Zozo, Zaza. Pazuzu? Pazuzu. Yeah. Well, Pazuzu is from The Exorcist, but no, when uh, the, the actual Ouija one is demon, Zaza. Yeah, it, it's just a um, repetition of two letters, usually a Z and then a vowel. Basically, if I die, if I die first, I'm just going to make you think that you're haunted by demons. That's exactly what's going to happen. (laughs) That's very, very you, Sadie. 100%. That's how you'll know it's me. Uh, President Lincoln himself is believed to still haunt the White House. Uh, Winston Churchill is said to have encountered the former president's ghost as he was stepping out of the bathtub, which is quite a story because who else can claim that they've hanged on in front of the ghost of President Abraham Lincoln? Well, (sighs) now I'm picturing that. Um, but also, wasn't Churchill, like, notoriously drunk all the time? Yes. I, most men of that age were, I believe. 
wondering. Um, I bet Taft did, but like, oh yeah, no regard for Lincoln. So he's just like, oh, you like what you see? <laughs> Our sweet Billy Howie Tafters. I think Lyndon B. Johnson was the one that used his penis to intimidate people. Oh yeah, he showed his dick like all the time. That's what I thought. <laughs> Our country has been run by a series of great men. <laughs> Uh, so Grace Coolidge, Theodore Roosevelt, and Ronald Reagan's daughter, Maureen, have all claimed to have seen the ghost of Lincoln. Uh, in 1942, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, during a stay at the White House, heard footsteps outside her bedroom and a knock at the door. And when she answered, she saw Abraham Lincoln standing at her door and promptly fainted. Which, fair. I'm just picturing Abe Lincoln as, like, the eternal peeper. <laughs> just, like, waiting until people get undressed. Just be like, yo. <laughs> I didn't put those two things together, and now that's all I can think about. Aw, Lincoln's a pervert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is he dead? Oh, he's a pervert. (laughs) Gonna have to cancel Lincoln now. (laughs) I don't don't know how to transition into the next line, so here we go. Lafayette Square, just outside the White House, is also haunted for, also haunted for much more tragic reasons. Uh, it was once the site of a slave market, and some say that on dark nights, you can hear the screams and clinking of chains. So just going to go ahead and bring that mood right on down. Wake <laughs> up Marley on vacation? Why chains? Because they were chained. Slave they were market. Slaves. Emily. Oh. Oh! <laughs> this podcast is a disaster. We knew that. Uh, So the White House isn't the only government building set to be haunted. Uh, The U.S. Capitol also plays host to a number of former senators and representatives, as well as the workers who died during its construction. So the most dramatic of these hauntings plays out in the Capitol Rotunda, and it's said that the ghost of a man will appear on the ceiling only to disappear and reappear almost immediately at ground level as if he was constantly replaying the fall that killed him. I hate that. Like, I I hate picturing that. That's legitimately scary. Isn't that kind of spooky? I like that one. I don't Uh, like the idea of looking up at the ceiling and seeing a man. It's a long way up, too. Uh, So another ghost believed to be a stonemason can sometimes be seen uh, passing through the walls where he was killed in a collapse. I thought you said stoned mason <laughs> a stoned mason maybe he was maybe that maybe he just the reaction time wasn't there and he was on his way to a lodge meeting <laughs> yeah and he was buried by benjamin franklin who was trying to keep the secret of the golden orb yeah i've read that down dan brown book it, it sucked <laughs> i don't know anything about stone masons <laughs> Uh, so most famously, the Capitol building is said to be haunted by my favorite ghost of this episode, the demon cat of Capitol Hill, (laughs) which is an apparition of a black cat said to be exacting revenge for a colony of cats who were wiped out to make way for the construction of the building. This is the kind of story I want to hear. (laughs) Yes. So security guards have reported seeing the demon cat stalking the streets around the Capitol late at night. As a legend goes, if you spot the cat and don't immediately run from it, it will pounce at you, transforming into a panther only to vanish right before it lands. Have they offered it treats? A catnip, even. Oh, that might make it worse. (laughs) Does June not get violent when you give her nip? No, she just kind of like rolls around. Oh, I might have a broken cat. <laughs> uh, all cats are broken. I mean, Minnie kind of runs around like she's on meth for about five minutes and <laughs> settles down. I mean, June does that completely sober. Maybe you're giving maybe you're giving your cats a sativa instead of an indica. 
That's probably what it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, so maybe less well known, but equally as haunted is the Octagon House, which is built by a close friend of George Washington named John Taylor. The Octagon? <laughs> octagon. Is that it's like- not actually in the shape of an octagon? I don't think it didn't look so from the picture I saw. Is the Pentagon actually a Pentagon? Yes, it is literally just a Pentagon in the ground. Emily, have you seen it from like the sky? No, I think my only memory of the Pentagon right now is that scene in that X-Men movie with Quicksilver. <laughs> okay, well, go Google a picture of the Pentagon. It's it's literally just a Pentagon. <laughs> so, uh, the house has served many functions historically, both as a home and even as a temporary presidential res- residence after the White House was burned down during the War of 1812. Uh, Dolly Madison has been cited there. Apparently, she also splits time between the Octagon House and the White House. Um, as well as well as two of John Taylor's daughters, both of whom rather suspiciously were killed by falling down the stairs after a disagreement with their father. Hmm. Interesting. Whether any of this is actually true is up for debate. But that being said, the first allegedly died before the War of 1812. Having fallen in love with a British officer stationed in the city, she was making plans to elope with him despite her father's disapproval. And then during a particularly heated argument on the second floor landing, it said that the daughter turned in anger and either fell down the stairs or over the railing. Her ghost is now seen. It was an owl. Crumpled. Yes. Crumpled at the bottom of the steps or sometimes ascending the ghosts, ascending the stairs as a ghostly candlelight. Definitely an owl. Uh, the second legend says occurred in 1817. Another of Taylor's daughters had eloped, angering her father. And when she returned to the octagon house to make amends as Another argument broke out, uh, and this time, once again, the daughter fell, in quotes, fell down the stairs. Her spirit is believed to haunt the third floor landing. I mean, if it works the first time, you... I mean, yeah, he got away with it once, so... That's the problem with murder. Well, there are many issues with murder. (laughs) Yes, that's the problem with murder. But, no, that's where people make the mistake. Like, you can only do a thing once, or else you... People get suspicious. People start to catch on. Unless you're a white man. Yes. I mean, he was friends with George Washington. What's going to happen to him? Must be nice. (laughs) So the Octagon is also believed to be haunted by the spirits of enslaved people that were held by the Talos. After a bell system uh, used to summon servants was installed in the house in the 1870s, there were reportedly several instances of bells ringing without anyone being physically there to pull the strings. Um, hauntings that were attributed to the spirits of dead slaves by those who experienced them. On one occasion, midway through a fancy dinner, all the bells began to ring at once. A dinner guest even went so far as to grab the bell strings to stop them from ringing, but to everybody's shock, the bells continued unabated. I love that for them. Isn't that great? Keep on being annoying as hell. (laughs) So, while it is definitely out of a price range, I recommend a stay in the Hay Adams Hotel built in 1927. Uh, Before it was a hotel, the site was to be the home, a new home of Henry Adams, a celebrated journalist, and his wife Clover. But midway through the construction in 1885, Clover's father passed away, and she sank into a deep, deep depression. Uh, She would later complete suicide that year, just months before her new home was to be completed. While Clover never lived there, the hotel in the hotel was constructed after her death. It's believed she continues to haunt the site. Many have reported hearing the sound of a woman sobbing, and some staff have even said they've been hugged by an invisible presence. I think we should just go stay at the Watergate. It sounds a lot <laughs> less <laughs> sketchy. 
I really like I was looking and I was like, surely the water gate is haunted. <laughs> and I couldn't find anything. I was so disappointed. Oh, yeah, no, we can't afford this. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I, Sadie, Sadie, we can't afford any of these hotels. And we got to stay like eight of them. So start saving up. We need to do a mini where you break down the budget for this entire road trip. I didn't budget, but I I do have um, how long it takes to get from one city to the other. This is unsurprising to me in every way. Yeah, I, I had to map it out on Google Maps. I was curious. Oh, you big nerd. So speaking of which, um, from D.C., we've got an eight hour and 46 minute drive to Savannah, Georgia. Ugh. Okay, what audiobook are we listening to? What audiobook are we listening to? I can give a list of ones that we shouldn't listen to. <laughs> like Hill House? <clears throat> just finished Hill House. I hated it. What one? What did you hate? The Haunting of Hill House. Everyone's terrible. The narrator's bad. And I'm just mad about it. The Shirley Jackson one? Yes, I'm sure it reads better. But man, I hate everybody in that book. Yeah, it definitely probably reads better than the audiobook. Uh, I will say, since we're going to Savannah, we probably have to be listening to Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oof. Um, what are we, 45? Not going to visit that house. Yes, we are, Emily. <laughs> we're middle-aged. <laughs> After all these ghosts and all of that driving, I uh, think we are well overdue for a drink. So let's start our tour of Savannah with a trip to Moon River Brewing Company. Have we not been drinking this entire I was going to say, I have been drinking this entire trip. I don't know what you've been doing. <laughs> no, this is the first time we've stopped anywhere to get a drink. Sure. <laughs> Except for the White Claws, I guess, that we have. I was say, I'm just, I'm planning to sit in the back and drink. Those don't count. That's just water. Yeah, that's basically just water. We're just staying hydrated. Uh, so, of course, this is Savannah, where pretty much every building is haunted, and Moon River especially so. Um, and Ghosts have been known to throw bottles and play tricks on the staff. Uh, so lovely, lovely place. Uh, it was originally constructed in 1821 as a city hotel, and the building was originally an elegant gathering place for Savannah's elite, uh, at least until General Sherman came marching through Savannah in 1864. So during the Civil War, it served as a hospital for wounded soldiers and later for those struck with yellow fever. It's believed that hundreds may have died there, many of them children, and their ghosts have been sighted within the premises. Uh, do we have to go? That sounds like a lot of kid ghosts. <laughs> oh, oh, just wait. There's so many kid ghosts yet to come. Uh, so in Moon River Brewing Company, there is a ghost for just about every floor. So in the basement, you have a mysterious ghost named Toby, who fills anyone who encounters him with an icy dread. Uh, there's a man named James Stark who was killed in a duel, and he has been spotted roaming the first and second floors of the brewery. Uh, in the, the brewery. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it just, I just, that just came to me uh, so <laughs> in the upper levels of the building there have been countless reports of encounters with a lady in white some of them violent uh, some people have claimed to have even been pushed down the stairs or they were just drunk go either way it could be both either or both yeah again it could be both there's so many times where it just could be both so besides its ghost Savannah is known for its beautiful green spaces, most of which are also haunted. Uh, so we're going to take a stroll through Madison Square, named for the fourth president of these United States. Madison Square is rumored to be the location of a mass grave where the bodies of British soldiers, British soldiers were buried after the siege of Savannah in 1779. Visitors to the square claim to feel odd chills and hear strange sounds, and some have even encountered a solid black shadow figure flickering in and out of the lights of the street lamps. 
feel like I've heard this story on Spook before. Uh, I have, of course, looked uh, bit into hotels. In my, by my estimation, there is not a single hotel in Savannah that isn't haunted. That being said, I would recommend the Marshall House, which prides itself on being one of the oldest operating hotels in the city. Is there not like a Hilton or like a Days Inn? Something with a continental breakfast and no ghosts? I mean, I'm sure those exist, but there's probably still ghosts in them. He's not going to sleep this entire trip. You can sleep in the car. <laughs> and you're not allowed to drink, apparently. Apparently. How am I going to survive? I'm just thinking of that meme. It's like, no sleep. City. City. Another city. <laughs> We're just going right through this itinerary. I have it scheduled down to the minute. No. <laughs> so, like the former city hotel that now hosts Moon River Brewing, the brewery, Marshall House <laughs> was repurposed as a union hospital during the Civil War and later during two separate yellow fever epidemics. So just lots and lots of bodies. Uh, again, many of the ghosts appear to be children. Visitors have heard children's laughter uh, in the sound of marbles and rubber balls bouncing down the hallways in the middle of the night. When the hotel was being restored in the late 1990s, workers tearing up some damaged floorboards were floorboards were horrified to find human remains underneath. Ugh. It turns out they were just outside what had once been the hospital's surgery room, and most believe the remains were actually the amputated limbs of Civil War soldiers. Oh, God. <laughs> Why would they just... Ugh. More than one guest has claimed to see the apparition of a Civil War soldier wandering aimlessly through the hotel with his amputated arm in hand. Probably wants to talk to the fucking manager. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'd recommend another hotel, but, like, they're all like this. It's they all have limbs buried under them? They all have limbs. <laughs> they're all full of ch- They're all full of kid ghosts. There's so much kid energy. I really thought you were going to say kid limbs. <laughs> probably some of those two 1800s were a bad time for a lot of people see this is where we keep the kid the kid limbs it's a separate pile from the man limbs <laughs> for easy reuse uh so while we're down south you will need to head over to louisiana because no haunted road trip of course is complete without a stop new to, to in new orleans I have a good Airbnb recommendation. <laughs> uh, we'll want to swing by the Lawlery House, of course, but it's actually, you know, it's one of the more notorious houses in a city full of notorious houses. Uh, but since we can't actually go inside, I do have an alternate itinerary to discover. And we did an episode on Madame Lawlery, so. We've done an episode on a lot of these little things, just like in the periphery of this whole episode. So like. It, it's for the uh, afternoonified walking tour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so our first stop will be the New Orleans Pharmacy Museum, uh, where Louis DeFilo Jr., America's first unlicensed farm, first no, America, sorry, America's first licensed pharmacist. There there were, say, we've had many unlicensed pharmacists, so many unlicensed pharmacists. He was the legit one. Uh, so he opened up shop in 1823, uh, and he and his family lived there until 1855, at which point he sold it to Dr. Joseph Dupas. Uh, it's Joseph Dupas that's believed to haunt the museum today. Uh, he died of syphilis in 1867, and he's apparently stuck around to remind everybody of what a dickhead he was. Uh, Dupas had been, has been accused of pulling a lottery and performing experiments on pregnant enslaved women, um, and others believe he performed dark voodoo rituals in the building. Eh, neither of these things is verified, of course, uh, but there are reports of his ghost being sighted in the museum wearing a brown suit and a matching brown top hat. 
He is said to be responsible for throwing books, messing with the museum displays, and often triggering the alarm system well after the museum has closed for the day. Yeah, uh, apparently that museum is closed on Mondays. Uh, I tried going. That's happened to me before. I completely missed it when I was there last. I don't know why it like, didn't get on my radar. I just maybe didn't think Anne wanted to go. <laughs> I definitely tried to go, but that was uh, it was closed. But it was also the day that I had those four lemon drops and like 32 ounces of uh, frozen Irish coffee and uh, clams. So, so it would have been a bad scene if even if you had gone. Yes. Before the clams, I was just going to say, you mean the day you drank like Sadie? But the thing is, I think I would have been fine if it hadn't been for the clams. <laughs> the goddamn clams. I have the baby allergy to them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we leave the pharmacy museum, um, others have reported seeing the ghosts of two children, a boy and a girl, running through the courtyard behind the building. Again, kid ghosts everywhere. Yeah. Um, they are believed to be the children of Louis DeFilo, as his two of his children died while he lived in the house. That's the inventor of the dough, right? <laughs> Is this revenge for Bowery? <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny, but sure. <laughs> so, you know I love a spooky cemetery. And New Orleans arguably has the spookiest cemeteries of them all. So, of course, we need to make a stop at St. Louis Cemetery Number 1, New Orleans Ooh, I oldest. I have pictures of that for the slideshow. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, while there have been ghost stories told about the cemetery for over 200 years, its most famous resident is Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans. Her ghost has been spotted throughout the French Quarter, immediately recognizable by the red and white turban that she wears. As soon as people get too close, she disappears. Um, others claim she stalks the cemetery in the form of a giant boa constrictor, which honestly is way more metal. Yeah, that's a good choice. Around her tomb, some have reported the feelings of being touched, becoming sick, or even hearing voices emanating from inside the tomb. Yeah, it's Nicolas Cage. No, <laughs> his tomb is super gaudy. Um, it's just a big giant pyramid, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's fine. Um, but. <laughs> There is a tomb that people think is hers, and they've, like, drawn graffiti on it and shit, but her tomb is actually, like, marked with her married name, and it's in a different part. I have a picture of it. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and there's also, like, there's two Marie Laveaux, isn't it? Because she also had a daughter named Marie. Like, I haven't gotten too deep into the, like, Marie Laveau lore, but, like, I know, like, there's a lot of, like, disputed historical yeah, yeah. things she she was buried under her her married name um so the tomb that everyone seems to think is hers is not and then her actual one is just like a nice people have left like offerings like cigarettes yeah and, and change and stuff and haven't like completely vandalized it, it. No. yeah yeah if you go to st louis cemetery number one please don't put x's in gravestones don't be just an don't asshole. touch anything just it don't, is falling don't apart fucking mess with yeah. gravestones period i feel like is the is the rule i i feel like we're all mad about this for different reasons <laughs> you'll get haunted and you'll be defacing like a historical History. site like it's all just bad <laughs> look yeah none of it's good don't do it so before we turn in today let's grab a bite to eat at muriel's restaurant um which i believe is the first time we've eaten on the strip first time you've eaten yeah <laughs> Anything but Sour Patch Kids. Uh, so Muriel's is a famous French Quarter establishment. I've been there and can confirm that the food is excellent. Also, yes, it's haunted. So most of the ghost stories about Muriel's involve one of its former owners, Pierre-Antoine Lepardie Jordan, who poured his heart and soul into reforming the proper, restoring the property until after it was damaged in one of New Orleans' many fires in 1788. Yeah, that entire town burnt to the ground twice. <laughs> yes. 
When did we cover that? You've like, I remember we've talked about all the fire. Yeah, it was the vacation one. That's right. So unfortunately, as the story goes, Jordan lost his home after he wagered it in a game of poker in 1814, which come on. So after losing the house, he took his life and is now often cited on the resident's second floor in the resident's second floor seance lounges. He appears not as a human, but in the form of a glimmering floating light. Well, that's fun. It would be a nice way to like haunt, I think. Yeah, that's how one of the ghosts did it in the Haunted Mansion movie, and it was quite nice. Very gentle haunting. (laughs) So today, Jordan has his own table at the restaurant, and every day, Muriel's staff uh, sets the table and leaves Jordan some bread and wine. Um, Apparently, this is enough to keep him from causing any mischief, but he's not the only ghost at Muriel's. Sorry, I looked up where this was on Google Maps, and there's a tour company in New Orleans called Haunted AF Tours. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, can we also stop at Antoine's? They do that nice, uh, lunch special with 25 cent cocktails. So yes, absolutely. Actually, no, sorry. It's not on the itinerary. So no, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it is probably haunted. Again, I've planned this down to the minute. (laughs) Antoine's is also haunted. It's the oldest, uh, restaurant in New Orleans. that's still running. Uh, so in the courtyard bar, there is a ghost that likes to throw wine glasses and audio of a woman's voice has been captured in the seance lounges when no women was present, which why are you ghost hunting without women? (laughs) It's 2022. Sarah. Regardless, (laughs) the staff of Muriel's maintains that their ghosts are completely harmless. I mean, they sound drunk, but... <laughs> a little. Uh, so we are now 444 on Haunted Hotels. Not about to stop now. Uh, for this trip, we will be staying in the Andrew Jackson Hotel just down the street from the LaLaurie Mansion. Really? Uh, guess what? This one's also full of kid ghosts. Uh, because on this lot originally stood a boys' boarding school. Boarding school more or less being interchangeable with the word orphanage in the late 18th century. Uh, so probably wasn't an entirely pleasant place to be, and even less so after it was, again, like most of New Orleans, destroyed by a fire in December 1794. I just, can we stay at a hotel with no kids? <laughs> they all have kid ghosts, Emily. I just, people need to control their kids. I don't want to hear them, like, running up and down the halls and, like, haunting shit around me. Well, that's too bad, because that's literally all these ghosts do. Um, it is believed that at least five boys died in the fire, maybe more. Uh, and they their laughter has been heard through the courtyard and even into the hotel. Um, there's also a ghostly boy named Armand that is said to haunt room 208. He has been known to pull the covers off of guests and, in some cases, even push them out of bed. See, this is the kind of shit, like, control your kid ghosts. You also can't, like, <laughs> give them the, like, finger-to-eye situation, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I'm watching you. Yeah, the, uh, they're not, they're not thwarted by it. And they're orphans, so there's no parents to call. Yeah, because that's the issue. It's <laughs> also, they're orphans. Yeah. It's also believed that the hotel is haunted by the ghost of a woman, or at least everyone assumes it's a woman, because she likes to straighten towels and fluff pillows. Um, apparently, it's not uncommon to enter a room and find that it's been entirely rearranged while you were out. As a side note, there are apparently some rumors that the Andrew Jackson Hotel is haunted by the Andrew Jackson himself. Uh, but Ghost City Tours, one of my sources for this episode, and to their credit, points out that this doesn't make any sense because he never visited the hotel. <laughs> so, like, he's haunting the hotel because it's named after him. This seems like an Andrew Jackson thing to do, though, let's be honest. That's yeah. true. So from New Orleans, we head west to San Antonio, Texas, the most rootinous, tootinous city on our list. No, Sarah. 
One might venture to say that's probably <laughs> Dallas, but sure. We're not going to Dallas, though. We're going to San Antonio. <laughs> Dallas is not haunted. Oh, Dallas. No. I feel like that's a lie. Is a hellscape. <laughs> so is San Antonio. It's Texas. Have you seen the spiders that live there? <laughs> so, so what are we doing in San Antonio? <laughs> so the, by this point on our trip, we are well overdue for a trip to church. So uh, <laughs> let's stop by the San Fernando Cathedral, the oldest church in Texas, and probably the most haunted too. Guests have reported spotting a whole host of apparitions within the, within the church, including ghostly monks and a dark figure dressed all in black. A priest? Probably. Uh, most distressing are the ghosts that appear on the outside of the Grand Cathedral. So for years, people have reported seeing spectral faces with gaping mouths and sunken eyes suddenly appearing on the exterior walls of the church, which, no thank you. No, no thank you. No. Pass. Um, of course, we can't skip the Alamo because you know, obviously that's mad haunted too. I'm glad you didn't forget the Alamo. <laughs> I was concerned. <laughs> if you'll remember, the Alamo was the site of an infamous 1836 siege during the Texan struggle for independence from Mexico. Uh, Davy Crockett was there. It was a whole thing. Everybody died. The Texans struggle for independence. No, I was gonna say, no. do we wanna do we wanna reverse that maybe? It's the Texans taking Texas away from Mexico. And then telling them to go home. That was how the sources phrased it. Uh. It was a conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the defeat, of course, after, you know, they fucked with the Alamo and then it was remember the Alamo and blah, blah, blah. So that was, you know, the jokes we made. So people were, people were reporting ghostly sightings at the Alamo within days of the defeat. So Mexican cavalrymen ordered to burn the Alamo down so it wouldn't become a shrine, returned to the camp claiming that they had seen six spirits blocking the entrance to the mission, each of them wielding a flaming sword. Pretty cool. Uh, it does make sense that the place would be haunted, like, besides, like, all the death. Um, General Santa Ana apparently refused to give the Texan defenders a proper burial. Um, and then even before the Alamo was built, the site was used as a cemetery, as everything was. So, like, just ghosts, ghosts up the wazoo. This whole fucking country is a cemetery. It's not building <laughs> stuff on it. Just ghosts on ghosts on ghosts. <laughs> The spirit most commonly cited is that of a young boy staring out of one of the upstairs windows of the mission. Um, there have also been reports of the ghostly figures of a man and his child who leaped from the parapet but never hit the ground. Um, perhaps a residual hunting of a moment witnessed by Mexican soldiers during the very final moments of the battle. Why was there a child there? Because that's how you make child ghosts. Who brought the ki- their kid to work that day? It's, it's an, I, I don't you. think it was like necessarily a military establishment like i i i don't know enough about the alamo don't make me look it up <laughs> we'll do an episode about the alamo <laughs> we're already like an hour in the episode we're not doing an episode on the alamo um others have seen a ghost of a soldier meandering the grounds with his hands behind his back um or a ghostly guard still at his post on the southern end of the roof you also get, you know, the usual typical haunting stuff, disembodied voices, phantom footsteps, blah, 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 overwhelming feeling of grief, and such on. Uh, so blah, the good blah, news. Blah, that sense of ennui. <laughs> uh, we don't have to go very far to get to our hotel. We're staying right across the plaza at the haunted Menger Hotel, where if we're lucky, we may catch sight of President Teddy Roosevelt pouring himself a drink in the bar. Um, also, beds have been known to levitate off the floor and ghostly faces appear in mirrors. No. Just really burying the lead there. No. 
Mm-mm, no. What a cool, fun time that will be. I prefer my bed to stay on the ground. I will sleep in the car. Thank you. I assume that you haven't left the car this entire trip. Just you sitting in the back seat, arms crossed. Nope. <laughs> will not be sleeping in any of these hotels. It is not happening. Uh, so next up is our longest leg of the trip, 25 hours from San Antonio to San Francisco. And that's like assuming our car doesn't break down in the middle of the desert, which I did not schedule time for in our itinerary, so it can happen. So absolutely will happen. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, to my defense, I guess, it's not my fault that there are apparently no decently haunted cities west of the Mississippi you guys can go argue with the online listicles. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, San Francisco. Uh, it's a lovely city, despite all the tech bros. Um, they've got a cool bridge. Uh, we will be going to take pictures of the bridge. Uh, but we got a few hundred spots we got to check out first. It's an okay... Are we going to Alcatraz? Did you know Alcatraz means pelican? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sound so mad about that? First up is the Sutra Baths. <laughs> the ruins of a once famous bathhouse from the 1890s. Uh, the baths lay right on the coast and their water was supplied directly by the Pacific Ocean. Uh, so designer Adolf Sutro dreamed that the bathhouse he built would not only, yeah, I know, not only provide recreational opportunities for the people of San Francisco, but educational ones as well. And he filled the entrance to the baths with artifacts from China, the Middle East, Mexico, and Egypt, including mummies and their original sarcophagi. I think you mean he filled it with stolen shit. Yes, correct. Uh, and all of that might explain the frequent fires that destroyed the nearby Cliff House restaurant a total of four times and the baths themselves in 1966. That seems like a really good fuck around and find out sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Also, burning down a bathhouse is difficult. Again, fuck around There's and find out. That's water involved. <laughs> At least 80% haunted artifacts. It's going to happen. So the ghosts of former patrons and old-fashioned swimmer are still spotted at the baths today, along with the usual disembodied laughter and typical ghostly creepiness. The usual. Yeah, yeah. So many of these are like, people hear voices. Real boilerplate haunting. Sometimes you'll feel a hand on your shoulder. With so many ghost websites. So underneath underneath the baths is a tunnel originally built to pump seawater into the pools. Rumor has it that the tunnel has been used for satanic human sacrifices, Ugh. which I'm sure is true. Um, and some claim to have seen beastly claw marks appear on the walls. Ooh, no explanation for that. <laughs> they just they just they just left that there. There's no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> Apparently, someone opened the gate to the upside down. I don't fucking know. So. <laughs> Let's not let the Satanists ruin our enjoyment of this beautiful city. Next, we'll head over to Stowe Lake, a peaceful refuge in the middle of Golden Gate Park. So according to legend, a woman once took her baby out for a walk in the stroller along the shore of the lake. She stopped for a moment to talk to a friend, maybe a little longer than a moment, uh, because when she turned back to the stroller, it and her baby were gone. She searched desperately all around the lake, stopping passersby to ask them if they had seen her baby. Eventually, she discovered that the stroller had rolled away into the lake and overcome with grief. She walked into the lake herself and was never seen again. Uh, She is now said to haunt the lake on foggy nights, dressed in white from head to toe. If you see her, she will ask you, have you seen my baby? Uh, If you answer yes. Watch your goddamn kids. (laughs) If you answer yes, she'll haunt you forever. And if you answer no, she'll kill you. What? Classic ghost. No notes. 10 out of 10. (laughs) That... Who's telling the stories? Who has? People who've been haunted forever. People. 
But if she's busy haunting, does it change? Like, does she take a night off? Like, I'm going to go look for someone else. I'm bored of this idiot. Or, like, is she in multiple places at once? Is she creating, like, horcruxes of herself and she just sends a little piece of haunting home with you? Ooh, I like that theory. That's a good theory. I would rather have, like, a souvenir shot glass or a pressed penny. I mean, wouldn't we all? Uh, Last but certainly not least, we can't leave San Francisco without taking a ferry out to, of course, Alcatraz, the infamous, most infamous prison of all time, probably. Which means pelican. It does mean pelican. Congratulations. (laughs) Fact of the episode. That's the only thing remember about Alcatraz. Uh, So serving as a federal federal penitentiary from 1934 to 1963, Alcatraz was designed to be a deeply unpleasant stay for the prisoners who were sent there. Weird. Uh, One inmate, Ruth McCain, spent three years in solitary confinement in cell 14D. After being released, uh, apparently his first act was to stab another inmate to death. A murder for which he was acquitted uh, due to the irreparable psychological damage that a stay in solitary will do to you. Hey, Sadie, what was that movie with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage? The Rock. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Was this set up for a joke or did you legitimately forget? No, I I just wanted to to think about the movie that had Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery trying to break into Alcatraz to stop a terrorist attack. Yes. And she knew that I would know. That sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) The things I could do if I freed up this. It wasn't a bit. Space. I just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to test Sadie's knowledge of weird '90s action 90s movies. movies. <laughs> it was a good movie. Is it though? <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Cage has never done anything wrong in his life ever, except not pay his taxes. And even then, how bad is that really? <laughs> so today it is said that if you step inside cell fourteen D. You'll get an autograph from Sean Connery. Um, no, and I see you for your body, <laughs> even in the middle of summer. In other parts of the prison, night guards have been reported hearing the sounds of items breaking, people running, and men, scre- men screaming. Cool place. <laughs> You're going to hate me for this, but our stay for the evening will be at the beautiful Victorian Queen Anne Hotel, a former all-girls boarding school no. haunted by the ghost of Mary Lake, Just its former headmistress. One place where I don't have to hear children <laughs> giggling in the night. And it's also girls. Actually, there are no kid ghosts. There are no kid ghosts at that one. The, this one, allegedly. Or I didn't see any stories about kid ghosts. Um, so it's just this headmistress lady. Uh, she is most frequently active in room 410, which had been her office. She appears to some as a woman in white, though sometimes she'll just, like, tuck your feet in at night. It's kind no. of... No, don't. No, no, don't no, touch no. those. Do not touch me. No. <laughs> I touch anything else, just not my feet. That's weird. Why would you, why would you open it uh, up to that? No. I mean, if she's going to do something, I would rather it be, like, my hand incorrect the answer is no you want her to tuck your hands in you have to compromise like you can't just be like no touching she's gonna touch but be like you get into the room and you're like excuse me ma'am i really don't like my feet being touched so if you're gonna be weird in the night like do a hand like you can touch my head just like don't touch my she's not touching your feet she's just kind of tucking the blankets underneath them she is the like the uh, proving case for like not having your feet exposed when you sleep. <laughs> you well, know, no, because if you put them under the blanket, that's prime. That's that's how she knows to tuck you in. You're under the blanket. She's like, oh, gotta tuck you in. Have you ever not been tucked in before? Well, no. I was just imagining her like <laughs> if you sleep with one foot out of the covers, like she'll take the foot and put it under the covers. And it's like, no, I'm too hot, ma'am. Oh my God. I need to have the foot out. Can't keep her from doing it all. Like, you have to, to bend a little. 
This is great timing because our final stop on this tour of the best ghosts America has to offer is Portland, Oregon. And not thank God I don't have to fly back. <laughs> not because it's time to drop Emily off. <laughs> So, like most pioneer towns of its time, Portland has its fair share of sordid history, not least of which are its infamous Shanghai tunnels. Okay, no, no. <laughs> let me get let me get through my spiel, and you can say whatever you want about the Shanghai tunnels. I have a lot to say about the Shanghai tunnels. Really, I could not tell. Built in the 19th century, the tun- the tunnels were linked. Uh, the tunnels linked the basements of bars and hotels of Old Town Portland directly with the Willamette River waterfront. Allowing for the efficient movement, Willamette. Thank you. Efficient movement of goods between the docks and the city's businesses. Uh, the tunnels, according to local legend, at least, got their name from the Shanghaiers that took advantage of the shadowy underground to kidnap and sell men off as laborers to ship captains who were passing through the port. Uh, victims would either be drugged or simply dropped through trapdoors known as deadfalls when they were too drunk to notice. Once in the tunnels, they'd be held in cramped prison cells until their captors had a buyer ready. Uh, so while there's little in the way of actual historical evidence uh-huh. to back up these stories, the legend remains, uh, as do the ghosts, tourists exploring the tunnels often report hearing strange whispers and ghostly hands tugging at their clothes. Okay, no. go. No. Okay. No, you, there's no historical evidence. It's the, People literally use it as storage for the various businesses that have, like, tunnels down into the, the Shanghai tunnels. Um there's there's literally a bar called the Shanghai Tunnels that is underground. And let me tell you, not a single fucking ghost. I will say, like, reading through even just, like, the stories about the Shanghai Tunnels, I was like, hmm, this sounds like a moral panic. We... We would have better luck going to Piddick Mansion. Yes, which, although not on our itinerary, was did come up in my research. And I will say I passed it over because, you know, instead of going to an old mansion, I want to go get a pizza. So oh, we're going to go to a haunted pizza parlor. <laughs> and I know you've got stories about this, too. So let me get through it, and then I'll let you talk about it. Uh, so Old Town Pizza, which used to be the Merchant Hotel, uh, throughout the years, it played host to a billiards hall, a brothel, a cracker factory, and boasted the first hydraulic elevator in all of Portland. See, what they don't tell you is that all of Portland is a cracker factory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today, visitors have reported the smell of women's perfume and even feeling the occasional tap on their shoulder, only to find that no one behind them are no only to find no one behind them when they turn around. Most believe that the woman, is, the ghost, is a woman named Nina who worked at the Merchant Hotel, possibly as a sex worker. Uh, but she met her end when she was thrown down the hotel's elevator shaft. She's even been sighted wearing all black, observing diners and wandering the basement below. Now, Emily, you've actually been to Old Town Pizza. Yes, it was actually right around the corner from my old office, and I have had pizza there many, many times. Uh, it's good pizza. <laughs> Great garlic knots. They make a bean Italian soda. I have also sat at the bottom of the elevator shaft where she allegedly died. They have a booth that you can sit in <laughs> oh my God. in the place where this, this woman allegedly died. Now, and that's have- where we will be making our reservations. <laughs> you cannot make reservations there. It's such a pizza parlor. Um, it has real big, like, 90s pizza parlor vibes. I think they even have the red plastic glasses. I've never seen anything, but I also wasn't looking too hard. <laughs> Fair. No, it is Distracted really- by the good, good pizza. Yeah, it's in a shitty part of town, though. So just nah. up. 
So for our final stay, I would recommend the Benson Hotel, one of Portland's grandest and most historic hotels. The ninth floor is said to be haunted by the ghost of a young boy who enjoys jumping out at unsuspecting guests before disappearing through the walls. On second thought, let's just crash on Emily's couch. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Um, I'll take you guys to Old Town Pizza when you're here. Um, Well, maybe. I Chinatown is a weird part of town. It's it's near the Methadone Clinic, and it's gotten kind of strange in the last couple of years. Can't imagine why. It's around the same part of town that Ravens Manor is in. Oh, yeah. Which just go to Ravens Manor. Ghost Ravens every- Manor is a nice place. Very I spooky. Go. I was scared to go into the bathroom by myself. <laughs> I was gonna say, is Ravens Manor the like Stormcrow equivalent or? Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a haunted mansion theme. Yeah, less geeky and more just completely full of skeletons. Oh, isn't this where we what? wanted to go for your bachelorette before our Lizzo? Yes. I mean we could still go there like Thursday night. It'd probably be easier to get into then. Um yeah, it's where I did that absinthe shot and then we woke up and then the next morning we went to that make your own pancake place and <laughs> Yeah. I felt like I was sweating from like every. It was so warm. Every pore. <laughs> Look, the Make Your Own Pancake Place is so nice. I highly recommend it. But go there in the winter. Do not go there in the dead of August heat. <laughs> it's too much. If you're curious, uh, the total drive time for our road trip, excluding the times we are in the cities, this is just like city to city driving, uh, 93 hours in 630 or 6,030 miles. That's a lot of time in the car. So that's over two weeks. I mean, we're going from, if you picture it on the map, it's like St. Paul to Chicago over to Salem. And then it's literally tracing the entire outline of the southern United States. So my, my uh, only question is um, once you guys drop me off in Portland, Sadie, are you flying out of PDX and Sarah's driving all the way back to St. Paul by herself? Or is it just you two in a car for like... I feel like it's just... I mean, there's absolutely no way Sadie is going to want to spend any more time with me after this, I don't think. I was going to say, I feel like at that point, I'm going to need to be able to sleep. So I'm going to need to fly back. I... (laughs) At that point, I will have not slept for... My apartment's not haunted, so... (laughs) Yes, but cats. (laughs) Well, that sounds like an exhausting road trip. It does. Yes. um, I do want to make sure I list our sources before uh, we get too far. Um, So (laughs) this is a very big list. Uh, Travel and Leisure and CNBC, which are the kind of two main lists that I worked off of. Um, And other details from Time Out Chicago, Thrillist, Atlas Obscura, Insider, SalemGhost.com, New New England with Love, Ghosts and Gravestones, SavannahTerrors.com. There's so many ghost tour websites, you guys, uh, including Ghost City Tours, uh, Secret San Francisco, SFGhosts.com, Legends of America, PortlandGhosts.com, and TravelPortland.com. Thank you. Uh, you, You'll want to go with Portland walking tours when you're in town. Um, They hire professional tour guides. Good recommendation. Yeah. Um, So, yes, a great... A great start to our spooky summer series. That is an expensive trip. <laughs> that was a very expensive trip. I mean, you know, if gas wasn't like four fifty a gallon, like the gas. One of alone. us just has to buy a Tesla. <laughs> Let's yeah, sure. Let's get on that. You know, I don't even want to think about like having to find parking in all of these cities. Oh, yeah, you're not fucking finding uh, parking in Portland. All right. Well, if you have any haunted road trip recommendations, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified and Instagram at Afternoonified. There's also getafternoonified.com where you can buy merch. You can 
do other things, I'm sure. And thanks to Sadie for being our guest in this episode. Thank you, Sadie, for finally getting us over the one hour mark on an episode, although... Who knows the time? Uh, I was going to say, you frequently go over one hour. I rarely go over one hour. So this is a new accomplishment for me. <laughs> it's the extra person As I, like, projecting. talk Sadie into this is going like, well, it's an episode I'm recording. So certainly it won't be more than 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you forgot to account for all of us talking over each other as we... Yeah, I don't know how much of this is usable. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Remember to rate, subscribe, review, all of that fun stuff, and we'll see you on our bonus haunted road trip stop in the mini next week. Exciting. Bye. Bye. I love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.